Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Matthew Swain with us. We'll take calls with Matthew next hour. Lots more to talk with him about these haunted trains. What seems to be the haunted the most? Passenger cars, engines. I remember looking at the the movie Ghost with the late Patrick Swayze, Matthew, Mm -hmm. and he was on that subway, and there was this ghost on the subway screaming at him, get off my train, get off my train. But uh, what seems to be the most haunted areas of a a train? Well, I I, I mean, right off the top of my head, I, I would actually have to say it's the caboose. The caboose, really? The caboose. Yeah, I know it sounds strange, but there's a logic to it, because the caboose was the living quarters and the office for a lot of the rail crew. So these, uh, you know, they, they were kind of like the homes on wheels. So if there's haunted houses, then these cabooses would be kind of the mobile haunted houses. And, you know, in the book, I look at a couple, and there was one really particularly uh, uh, well-documented haunting of this caboose. It was number 17736, I think. Uh, and this occurred in Kentucky. Um, the conductor on, on this train was one of these highly regarded uh, workers, and he claimed to see this woman in in the caboose, at the back of the caboose, and uh, you know, he tried to actually debunk it, uh, went through, tried to see if it was just lights or the sun coming in through the window, but could not explain it. And then he heard other stories about uh, other uh, members of his crew that would see this lady. As soon as they would get close, she would disappear. They heard crying and moaning at times, and they think that she may have been, uh, their explanation was that she was the ghost of a woman whose husband died either in an accident uh, or some other uh, reason, um, and that when she died of a broken heart, she came back to haunt this. This was almost like a curse for her. And the other interesting one was, you know, we talk about ghost trains, trains that are actually ghosts. Uh, There's this story uh, from the Louisville and Nashville line about old 1908, and this was a possessed caboose. And this caboose, when the train was stopped, would shimmy and shake like it had its own spirit. Right. And then, uh, during when it was in a in the rail yard itself on a completely flat level rail yard, it took off on its own, went up an incline, down a stretch of track, and then jumped the track. And the weird thing was, when the crew got up to the caboose, uh, the brakes were set. So there's another story there about this. They believe this caboose was possessed. Now, what haunts a train more, a passenger, a worker, who? What I've found is that these railroad ghosts uh, ghosts aren't aren't exclusive at all, and I I think the book is filled with ghosts of engineers. There's conductors, brakemen, firemen, passengers, even a couple hobos in there. But uh, I think most of the the ones that stand out to me, I would say the uh, engineers play this role as... uh, and the conductors, too, play this role as, as the main ghosts of these railroad legends. And, of course, uh, the work that you've done, you've stumbled across some incredible stories as well. Uh, share a few more with us, Matthew. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we touched on the, the Abraham Lincoln ghost train, and, and that's one that uh, um, 
And this was where it was the funeral train, right? Right, right. What had happened was uh, a lot of people in the Lincoln administration had sort of figured that uh, the union was going to win and that they had built, uh, apparently over Lincoln's own personal objections, uh, they built this special train uh, that was going to be a victory train. And their plan was that once victory was official, they would take uh, Abraham Lincoln kind of on a reverse path of his inauguration train. And the inauguration train went from his hometown, went from Illinois into Indiana, Ohio, New York, Pennsylvania, Maryland, then to D.C. This would uh, retrace that. And uh, the one story is that on the day of his assassination, he was scheduled to go look at this train, and he thought it was just a waste of money, by the way. But, of course, on April 15, 1865, he's assassinated. And then April 19, 1865, this what was supposed to be a victory train turned into a uh, a very sad, poignant uh, funeral train, and it did retrace those steps. But now uh, uh, the legend is that if you're out on that line that he revisited through the funeral train, you might uh, see the ghost of this this train. And, and you know, the, the descriptions vary throughout the, the, the sources that I have, but it all seems to start with this feeling of, of rumbling. You can actually feel like this thunder in your chest, and you can feel the ground shake. And then you see this belching smoke coming out of the smokestack and the fire, and it's this black engine comes by. And then the, the car that has Lincoln's body itself starts to go by. You look in, and some of the accounts, they say they can see the ghosts of Union soldiers around the casket. Oh, wow. Others say that there's the... the uh, skeletons of Union soldiers. So it's a very intense uh, uh, sighting. Now, in the book, I found a couple accounts of people who claim to have seen this, um, but I'll let your listeners read it and see what they think, um, because there's one of the things about this ghost lore and the, the interaction between ghost lore and ghost accounts, people that actually see ghosts, is they sort of feed off each other, and the stories become more elaborate. But it, it really, of the in the book, I found that one of the most fascinating tales. And I, I think, uh, the, first of all, the poignancy of it. But the other thing that, that keeps cropping up in stories about the Abraham Lincoln funeral train is that when you see this train, time stops. Your watch stops. Uh, people stop moving. That goes throughout some of these accounts. Um, but I start thinking about the stopping of time. If you could have stopped time when John Wilkes Booth entered that theater, just for a second, just to save a life. Just to get how, get, get the president it, out of the way or something. Right, like how history would change. I think so many of these, so much of this history is embedded in these ghost stories, and that's why I find that one particularly fascinating. That's interesting, uh, how history could change on things like that, mm -hmm. that are changed or altered. And sometimes, as tragic as the events were, maybe they're not supposed to be altered, Matthew. Absolutely. That's true, too. Now, with this, some of these, uh, you say that there's a danger of working overtime at a railroad museum. What happened there? Oh, well, there's, there's, one, there's a few <laughs> stories uh, like that, but the one in particular is... Uh, 
occurs at Altoona at the Railroaders Memorial Museum. And, and this story is that there was a financial officer for the, the museum uh, group. And uh, typically he was the last to leave. And typically he had a, the routine pretty well down. Uh, he was on the top floor, I think the fourth floor. And he would walk to the elevator, get in, and leave the, the premises. Well, this one time he uh, left, he went to leave, uh, walked into the elevator, and instead of the empty elevator, because he's usually the last one there, there was somebody in the elevator with his back uh, turned towards the financial uh, officer. And he was startled, but uh, slowly the man starts to turn around. He kind of smiles and winks at the financial officer and then starts to shimmy electrically, I think it was described as, and then completely disappears. So uh, hmm. later they took this financial officer down to um, – uh, there's a, a part of the museum with all these pictures, and he picked out one of the uh, people, one of the pictures of the workers and, and single, singled out one of them and said, that's who I saw. And that person that he picked out was the also the ones that other people who have seen this ghost throughout the uh, facilities. So they, they now call him Frank. Um, so that that's one of the um, hazards of working overtime. So, <laughs> you know, a work ethic might not be the best thing if you're a volunteer for one of these museums. You, you, you said there's a warning for would-be ghost hunters. How come? Oh, yeah, that's, um, you know, there's a reason why we have so many of these ghost stories uh, about railroad. It's because they're dangerous, and they're still dangerous. Uh, so as I was writing this um, this uh, book, I came across a story about a ghost hunter who was actually killed while investigating oh, no. railroad ghosts. Yeah, it's it's tragic. In a freaky way? Um, I can't really remember the details. All I remember is when I started to read the headline, I said, I better add something to this book, at least, a, a, you know, a warning. Uh, and, you know, it was other, some of the investigators that I talked to talked a little bit about how cautious they were. And, you know, they, they also mentioned that there are other ways to investigate these uh, ghosts, if you're into that. Um, you know, a lot of these rail lines have turned into rails to trails, which are perfectly safe. Some of these museums will sponsor or allow you to go in with uh, teams to investigate their own uh, ghost stories and hauntings in their, those places. So there's a lot of safe ways to do it. But, um, you know, there, you should be warned, these, you know, these are huge, huge machines and, uh, you know, bad things can happen if you're not careful. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.